This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into another week of fun and excitement here on the program. Brand new week. It is a brand new week. And, uh, of course, you can bring up anything. Again, the SACL CAI toll-free line is 800-259-9231. Of course, it was Independence Weekend, I guess you could say, over the weekend. And I'm sure a lot of people went out and got together with their friends and family and had barbecues and drank a little beer and had a good time with one another. And I think that's great. Uh, Of course, uh, everyone should remember that it's Independence Day, not the 4th of July. And the reason we celebrate Independence Day is because, well, at one point, we were probably a little more independent than uh, than we are today. And there are a couple of uh, opinion pieces that I did not see until Saturday's show was over that I thought that were worthy of sharing on the whole idea of Independence Day. And it's interesting because one of the pieces is written by Jacob Hornberger from the Future of Freedom Foundation. And throughout his piece, he uses the term the 4th of July through, throughout it. So, I mean, the the, the 4th of July has so been inculcated into the consciousness of most Americans that even freedom lovers are I'm I'm imagining that he was unaware that he was calling it the 4th of July as opposed to Independence Day. Well, he probably doesn't have the distinction that you do. I guess not. It's it seems kind of important to me and words are important. You've got to get it right. Well, I right. wish it was called Freedom Day instead of Independence Day because Independence It'd be less confusing to people. Yeah, well, you know, Independence sort of does, delineates uh, independence from England, and and in fact we, yeah. um, you know, I, I think it was uh, the the Constitution. I can't remember uh, what day with July Fourth uh, actually uh, was supposed to uh, signify, but you know, f- independence from England. Well, that's great and all, but if we traded one king for another, what's the big deal? I'm with you there. I would think that uh, that I would hope that people would realize that independence is independence. Period, and that you are not dependent on any form of uh, governance, wherever it is they claim to hail from. But we'll share a couple of those with you here. Uh, Larkin Rose also uh, chiming in on Independence Day. First, though, your calls about what you want. Conrad in North Dakota, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Conrad. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, who's the real king that we traded for? And it's uh, it's not George Bush. It's the Illuminati. No, it's the Federal (laughs) Reserve. Okay. Um, Those are the guys... Who uh, Ben Bernanke? You know, you ask most people, you know, who Ben Bernanke is. Well, I don't know. You yeah. know, and I just they might they I, might know just by the name that it's Federal Reserve Chairman. But if you ask them who's the Federal Reserve Chairman, I bet fewer people um, would be able to get Ben Bernanke. Yeah, and it's it's like, you know, everything else is such small fry in comparison. I honestly believe that if you were to get rid of the Federal Reserve, you want to if people had to pay in taxes what we pay for with inflation, it. It, it would all stop. The war oh, would yeah. end. Uh, all of it would end. It, it would, would be, people want to put up with it. It'd be intolerable to a lot of people. They they would all of a sudden finally realize what it is that they were paying, but secretly they didn't realize it because it was being stolen from them silently. Uh, well, you know, in the middle of the night via inflation. And inflation is like the worst tax. It taxes only the poorest of the poor because it prints out those dollars that they give it out to the corporations who get to use it at their original market value. By the mm-hmm. time the supply goes up. But by the time the dollars are traded enough where we get them, they're at their new market value, and we've lost out on all the equity on our dollars. Yep, so true. I mean, it certainly hurts uh, middle class and rich people as well, but proportionally, it hurts poor people more. Well, right, right. it hurts everybody, but it hurts us the most because we have to sell our our homes while the value of our dollar is going down before the dollars trickle down. 
And this is how they do it. They cause inflation. We have to sell their homes. They still have enough money left over to buy up our homes. And then when the dollar goes back up, all our homes that they bought go up in value. Mm. And it's not some kind of big, crazy conspiracy. It's just the way it works. It's it just keeps true. working, so they keep doing it. And people need to wake up and be like, holy shit, no more federal reserve. can't let you get away with that. Thank you for the call, 800-259-9231. I know the feeling. If people get really upset. They yeah. get really emotional. I mean, it is a serious issue. Uh, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with where he's coming from on this. The Federal Reserve is bad news. And that's the reason why gas prices are so high. That's the reason why the price of food and other things is is going up is because they're pumping more money into the economy. Go look at the you can you can go look at the numbers. I mean, a, a gallon of gasoline can be purchased for relatively the same amount of silver today as it could several decades ago. Yeah. So, you know, gasoline actually, probably in silver, has uh, decreased in value simply because it's easier to produce now. They, you know, the economy of scale. Yeah, I mean, that, that may be a factor, but either way, uh, it's right around on par from what I understand, from the numbers that, I, that I've looked at. And it's inflation. That's what it is. They print money. It gets, uh, tr- as, he, as he said, trickles down into the economy, and it steals value from the money that we all have. And it would, it would behoove many Americans to come to the understanding of what exactly that is, because they're confused. A lot of them are confused. They believe that inflation is an increase in prices. They believe that uh, that that essentially it's happening as a natural result of the marketplace. And that's nothing could be further from the truth. That's not possible. It's, we've had inflation all my life. I've heard that in, a little bit of inflation is a good thing. I bet they'd like to tell you that. Yeah. You know, stealing a little bit of your money every time we print money is good for you. It's just absolute nonsense. And, of course, the question remains, what should be done about it? I mean, because it's, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, damn, that Federal Reserve. Well... The guys over at the Liberty Dollar had tried to come up with an alternative uh, currency, and when they got too popular, the Fed sent a goon squad in to steal all their alternative currency. Mm. So what do you do? How, how is it that you combat this? I think uh, secession would have to be step number one. Yeah, I mean, I can't – resting the control of the government from, uh, fr- from the Federal Reserve seems very unlikely to me. Um, They've got the money. He who prints it. What is the, uh, I'm paraphrasing somebody, but you know, he who uh, controls the money controls everything, right? Well, they control the money. It's absolutely true. Ron Paul recommends the you know getting rid of the uh, uh, the Federal Reserve on a regular basis every year in Congress. He's mm-hmm. a uh, congressperson from Texas, and. They How don't, many people vote in favor of that? I don't. I don't even think they, it gets up for a oh, vote. Really? I mean, I imagine they just Can't chuckle find a at co-sponsor. him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they just laugh at the crazy old guy from Texas, and that's it. These these guys. I don't imagine they're in the pocket. I, I don't know. You I don't, don't know think? if they're in the pocket. Some of them are. I bet. Some of them are certainly, but most of them, I think, are just completely ill-informed. They've been mm. so indoctrinated by the uh, public school system. But it's not hard to understand this. I mean, it's not rocket science. I didn't have to go and take a a college economics course. In fact, if I'd taken a college economics course probably would teach me all the wrong things but i didn't have to take an economics course to to really understand what inflation is and and how it works and how it's really the probably the most insidious form of taxation in that you um, if you're using uh federal reserve notes you cannot avoid this tax 
At least with the income tax, you can just not pay. At least with you know various different taxes out there, there are ways to get around it. Uh, sales tax you can buy used. Uh, there are ways to get around those taxes. The inflation tax you cannot get away from it unless you're using an alternative currency that's not being inflated. And what central bank currency in the world isn't being inflated? Every one of them, because it's it's such a great idea from government for governments to uh, steal your money that they're just they're, they're going to do that. It's a, it's the greatest I think the greatest scam ever perpetrated on mankind. I think hands down. I agree because it. I mean, most people haven't figured the scam out. It's been going on for decades, and it's. <laughs> It's the most successful scam ever. And uh, in this country, it's going um, even more poorly for us in that, uh, you know, a few years ago, we had the the most powerful currency in the world, and now it's not so much. Um, Easy come, easy go. Yeah, with gas prices going up, uh, you know, the value of gasoline going up, and then on top of that, our money being deflated, you know, in value, well... We're paying even more than we would we should be for a gallon of gas. Let's talk to Dave in Athens, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. Hey. There's a village in Athens County that got a new city hall, and the council voted against it. Okay. And um, the mayor wanted to keep the building. The and new I old say, building or the new one? The new building. Okay. And the old one was didn't make me code and stuff. Oh, right. I see. And um, I say they should keep the new building. Well, they already have the building. So Do they want to build another one? Or no, they they already rented the next door in the house, and they with the option to buy it. And the city council. So they haven't purchased the building yet, is what you're saying? Or they no, have, they have not. They purchased were paying it. rent. Oh, hmm. Well, and, it's. It's a local government issue, so what can you say? They're going to go and buy a bunch of buildings and crap, yeah. and, and then they sit on them. That's what they do around here. They just sit on a whole bunch of property, and it's crazy. Dave, thanks for the call. More right, coming up. This I think is they Free get, Talk Live. I think they should get together with the... This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give away, including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 350,000 posts. That's a lot of topics, everything from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you have a company or know somebody who does have a company, and, well, we all know that uh, accounts receivable are a difficult thing, especially when people don't want to pay their bills. Uh, the main sponsor of Free Talk Live is a company called SACL CAI. They do collections. They do it in a way that, uh, well, you know, they don't make the client angry, or they try not to. Uh, SACL CAI, they collect with respect. You can check out their banner at freetalklive.com or do business with businesses that, free t- that uh, use support Free Talk Live. Ugh. 800-259-9231. We go to Jacob Hornberger from the Future of Freedom Fo- uh, Foundation to get his thoughts on the 4th of July, or I prefer the uh, Independence Day holiday. He says at lewrockwell.com, contrary to popular myth, the men who signed the Declaration of Independence were not great Americans. Instead, they were great Englishmen. In fact, they were as much English citizens as Americans today are American citizens. It's easy to forget that the revolutionaries in 1776 were people who took up arms against their own government. 
So how is it that these men are considered patriots? Well, the truth is their government didn't consider them patriots at all. Their government considered them to be bad guys, traitors, Hmm. all of whom deserve to be hanged for treason. Now, most of us consider the signers of the Declaration of Independence to be patriots because of their courage in taking a stand against the wrongdoing and tyranny of their own government, even risking their very lives in the process. Yet not even the patriotism and courage of these English citizens constitutes the foremost significance of the 4th of July any more than the military victory over their government's forces at Yorktown does. Instead, the real significance of the 4th of July lies in the expression of what is undoubtedly the most revolutionary political declaration in history, that man's rights are inherent, God-given, and natural, and thus don't come from government. Throughout history, people have believed that their rights come from government. Such being the case, people haven't objected whenever government officials infringed upon their rights. Since rights were considered to be government-bestowed privileges, the thinking went, why shouldn't government officials have the power to regulate or suspend such privileges at will? Well, the Declaration of Independence upended that age-old notion of rights. All men, not just Americans, have been endowed by God and nature, not government, with fundamental and unalienable rights. Governments are called into existence by the people and exist at their pleasure for one purpose, to protect the exercise of these inherent rights. Well, what happens if a government that people have established becomes a destroyer rather than a protector of their rights? Well, the Declaration provides the answer. It's the right of the people to alter or even abolish their government and establish a new government whose purpose is the protection, not the destruction, of people's rights and freedoms. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights must be construed in light of that revolutionary statement of rights in the Declaration of Independence. The American people used the Constitution to bring the federal government into existence, but also, simultaneously, they used that very document to limit the government's powers to those expressly enumerated in the Constitution. Or at least they tried. With the Constitution, people limited the powers of their own government in a formal, structured way, with the aim of protecting their rights and freedoms from being infringed upon by that same government. Why did Americans deem it desirable uh, and necessary to limit the powers of the federal government? Well, because they feared the possibility their new government would become like their former government, against which they had to take up arms. And while they recognized the necessity for government as a means to protect their rights, I can't say I agree with them there, they also recognized that the federal government was the greatest threat to their rights. By severely limiting the powers of the federal government to those enumerated within the Constitution, the framers intended to encase the federal government within a straitjacket. Even that was not sufficient for the American people, however. As a condition for approving the Constitution, they demanded passage of the Bill of Rights, which emphasized two deeply held beliefs. Number one, that the federal government, not some foreign entity, constitutes the greatest threat to the rights and liberties of the American people. And number two, that the enumeration of specific rights and liberties, both substantive and uh, procedural, would better ensure their protection from federal infringement. On the 4th of July, we celebrate the patriotism and courage of those English revolutionaries who were willing to pledge their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor in defense of the most revolutionary declaration of rights in history, that man's rights come from God and nature and not from the government. And how could it be any other way? I mean, whether or not you believe in God, how could it be any other way in that governments did not come first? Man must have come before governments. So man created the concept of governments. If man created the concept of governments, how is it that anyone could come to believe that governments created rights and granted them and bestowed them upon people? It's just ignorance. I agree. Um, I mean, one has to take uh, as a given that that rights exist, and and certainly they're an idea, um, an idea with a great deal of agreement, um, you know, in this country at least, that uh, around the world. Um, 
that that man has rights, but you know, I mean, how, how do you prove the existence of rights? I guess you don't. You can't. The only way, um, other than that, but it, let's assume you just rights have to don't respect exist. The idea, that's all. Right. Let's assume that rights don't exist for a second. There are no rights. There's not the right to speak about whatever you want to speak about. There's not the right to uh, own a gun. There's not the right to, you know, to a fair trial. None of these things exist. Mm-hmm. Really, all there is is violence perpetrated by one um, group of individuals on another group of, uh, group of individuals. You know, the government on the uh, citizenry. So, you know, more or less violence uh, sort of is how good I would rate the government. Well, um, the only way, if you are unhappy about the uh, treatment of government, the only way without rights for you to really get what you want is, well, violent revolution. So so, so rights are a really great thing um, to believe in, even if you can't prove the existence, because it gives people the opportunity to uh, you know talk about things in a, in a manner that everyone can agree on i have the right to say what i want and of course they've managed to infringe on that here in the united states little mm-hmm. by little over time um, i have the right to print what i want well except if it's this or that or the other thing you know yeah, pornography or you know libel you know these things uh, i have the right to any religion i want unless i'm the church of jesus christ latter day saints yeah. fundamentalist <laughs> group or the strong city or uh, a davidian you know and and so there's you know the list goes on i have the right to own a weapon the list of exceptions right yeah. the list of exceptions i have the right to own a, a gun unless it's a, a, an assault weapon which is just a title that the government has given certain mm-hmm. guns out there um yeah, you know, and I have the the right to habeas corpus. Well, unless I happen to be an, deemed an enemy combatant by the mm. government, and you know, it's a mess. Yeah, that that way at least we have the 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 verbiage to discuss these things. That, you know, with rights. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's important to uh, to point out that these, as Hornberger does here, that the founders were rebels. I mean, they were. Criminals to the as know, far the as their king. government was concerned, right? Yeah. I mean, they 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 didn't have that. They didn't have the uh, the advantage of being called patriots at the time, right? They were radicals, yeah, but all kinds of bad things. And here I'm we are, sure. and here we are today in America and in the 21st century, where we now have this wonderful communications method known as the internet. We're bringing liberty-loving activists together here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and people are going to make a similar stand. It's going to be a nonviolent stand. It's going to be a peaceful uh, stand against the state uh, and in favor of freedom. But we're going to be Called similar things. Mm. Uh, they're going to call us radicals. They're, they're calling gonna, us that now. They're going to call us dangerous. They're going to, you know, we're going to be a threat to the status quo, and they aren't going to like it very much. But too bad for them, because it's happening, and people are starting to stand up. They are finding the courage necessary in order to be on the side of freedom publicly and not be afraid of what the consequences may be, because we are going to have to put it on the line to some extent to do this. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, 
And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, where we've added a brand new Shriner. Karen is up on the Shrine, and you can see her picture if you go to shrine.freetalklive.com, wearing her very lovely uh, Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt. Heck of a way to get validated, right? Yep, absolutely. So head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Plus, you can travel less and meet online. If you try WebEx for free, go to webex.com. And enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X dot com. Enter promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx today and find out how you can get a free webcam. 800-259-9231. We continue. We'll talk uh, about Larkin Rose's opinions on Independence Day. But first, we go to your calls. Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Stephen. Hi there. Um, I used to be a fisherman. Uh, you know that show, The Deadliest Catch? Well, that was my life. I don't know. And, I don't watch TV. Sorry, but it sounds like fun. I don't like watch, fun. watch TV either, but my wife watches that show. It uh, just brings back bad memories for me. Okay. Is it, it, but, uh, it, it's it's it, some some show about fishing out in uh, Alaska. That's right, yes. Um, and uh, when when uh, the fishing season ends, the company would officially lay you off due to what they called lack of work. That was the official uh, name for it, lack of work. Okay. Uh, and, and thus you could collect unemployment. That was right. part of the agreement when you hired on. So I used to do this. I used to collect unemployment, and then they'd call me back to work, and I would uh, uh, go back to work. Well, I I left that industry. In fact, left the state, uh, moved to Colorado. We had to take care of my uh, terminally ill in-laws. Mm. And um, so a year or two went by after the last time I had collected unemployment. And all of a sudden, I got a notice that I was being sued by the state of Washington mm. uh, for uh, because they overpaid me. Uh, and oh, it wasn't geez. like, hey, you know, we overpaid you. Can you can you please uh, pay us back? No, no, they just were going to immediately take me to court. Yep. Well, wow. they took me to court, and they and I lost, uh, and uh, so they shock. garnished my wages. Yeah, exactly. So now this was, and I was mad about getting my wages garnished. You know, gosh darn it, those are that's my money. Yeah, they and, made the mistake. You know, yeah, they should exactly. they, they should just eat it. But then again, they don't care about customer service or anything like right. that. And it was only eleven hundred bucks. I mean, I, over the course of a year, eleven hundred bucks isn't isn't much. But, yeah. What did they spend you know, on the prosecution? Oh, you know? geez, I have I have no idea. Right. Yeah, they could have just uh, let it go, and it'd been cheaper for them. Precisely. Yeah. So anyway, that was about four years ago. Now all of a sudden, I get a letter in the mail saying, "Hey, guess what? We were wrong. You should have won that lawsuit. Here's your money back." And they gave me a check for eleven hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my gosh! And I paid them. You know what I did? I called up the state of Washington, and the first bureaucrat I got on the phone, I said, hey, I, I need to know that if I cash this check five years from now, you aren't going to sue Come me. Come at you again. Sure. Yeah, and, and they said, no, 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 we made a mistake. You, It's your money. Sorry about that. Oh, you bastards. And yeah, you lost so. in court. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. folks, now this is it. You know for sure it's a railroad every time sure. you take the government to court. That's right. That's right. Um, and then really briefly, because I, I have to go, I'm actually still working right now, okay. uh, but I had to call about that. Yeah, well, I don't want to keep you. Well, i got to tell Mark and Ian about this, man. That's the first thing I <laughs> thought of. Outrageous. And th- and th- but, uh, yes, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry, but on Saturday night's call, uh, uh, Frank from New York, who is a very bright guy, don't he get is. me wrong, he's very bright, but he's also very incorrect on yeah. a lot of things. And one of the things he's incorrect about he, is he said that we were on the gold standard uh, prior to 1933. Actually, no, we were not. 
we were on a, uh, a system where gold was, uh, our money was backed by gold. The, the FRNs, the Federal Reserve notes, were backed by gold, and the price of that gold was set by the federal government, and they could move it up and down willy-nilly. Hmm. That is not the gold standard. The gold standard is where gold responds to supply and demand, uh, you know, and, and the price goes and, up and down. And they had frac- the fractional standard. reserve uh, lending at that time, where they uh, a bank was only required right. to have a certain amount of gold to back up its loans and that kind of thing. Isn't that correct? Yes, indeed. Okay. And then the other thing that he was wrong about was he said, oh, FDR did us such a great favor with the bank holidays because the bank runs were, were killing us. Actually, a bank run is good. The only people who believe that bank runs are bad are Keynesian economists. Bank runs are good because they are a check on, on banks that are doing bad things with your money. Mm-hmm. If, if a bank is good, if you open up the Mark Bank or the Ian Bank, and you were straight up and all of your loans were backed by uh, by money that you had in the vault, well, they'd, they'd both uh, be good you would banks. not have to fear a bank run. They'd both be good banks. They'd just have a lot better customer service at the Mark Bank. <laughs> yeah. <Cute. laughs> yeah, that's right. Good point, yeah, Stephen. But anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a very common misconception. I mean, I remember learning that in school about how terrible these bank runs were. But you start learning about this stuff. You start reading Rothbard. Uh, and and and, uh, and Robert Murphy, and you realize, you know what? These bank runs were actually they were a a uh, free market regulation, is what they were. They were a free market check on on naughty banks, pretty much. Great points. Thank you for the call tonight, yeah. Stephen. We All appreciate right, hearing you. from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's hard to argue with that. If a bank's doing a bad, um, you know, a, uh, bad probably isn't the right word. If a bank's playing too fast and too loose with its uh, depositors' money, mm-hmm. and then a bank run occurs, well, obviously it's going to give them some, you know, a lot of trouble. Whereas if a bank is more conservative with the money, they'll be able to handle the bank runs. True. So bank runs are good for the banks that are more conservative with money, and they're good for, you know, the, the marketplace in general because it, it weeds out banks that are too fast and too loose. This whole housing bubble crisis would probably have been taken care of. Since we're talking about banks, Mark, you've got a related email, do you not? I do about uh, the various different security procedures that they're starting to implement at some banks around the country. Yeah, you know, I think that they're pretty I think it's pretty pretty standard, not entirely, but um I'd like to tell you about a small fight for liberty I went through today. Uh this is from uh let's see I see what he says his name is Dr. Patrick. All right. So, this is about a small fight for liberty I went through today. I had a patient write me a check yesterday for some nutritional products, and I normally don't mess with checks because I had been burned by bad checks before, but I trusted sure. the patient, so I took one. Um, so I took one. When the patient's bank, um, I went to the patient's bank today to cash her check. They'd asked me for my ID, so I gave them my driver's ID, and then they wanted another ID, so then I gave them a credit card. So they had two forms of my ID. Mind you, this check was only for $200. Hmm. It's not exactly breaking their bank. Everything was going great, and I saw her pull the money out, and I thought that the transaction was over, and then it appeared like a magician. Um, She made an ink pad appear out of thin air. I admit, I would not cashed a check in a few years, and it's obvious. So (laughs) I asked her, what's this? She smiled and said, "Uh, we need your thumbprint on this check. At first, I was irritated because I did not want ink all over my thumb. But then it struck me that this um, is just more mommy government, know your customer BS that the bank always always try to pass off as customer protection. So I got mad. I said, why did you need my fingerprint to cash my check? You've already have two forms of ID. For years and years, you've taken checks without fingerprints. She informed me it's their policy. I looked her in the eyes and flat out said, no, I'm not doing this. Wow. She said, she said, you have to if you want your money, and waved it at me like, um, like an enticement to cooperate. <laughs> and I got very irritated and informed her that it was my policy not to give fingerprints to, uh, out to just cash a check. 
She said, too bad we can't help you. Mm. Then I asked her if you feel the bank is really overreaching here, and she was not concerned that this um, just uh, that if she was concerned that this erodes more and more of our civil liberties. She said, "No, I have nothing to hide. I don't mind." Then I said, "So you think I'm hiding something because I don't want to support this invasion of my privacy? Don't you understand that more rights and more personal information you give away, the more the government will demand? It will never end and only get worse and worse." She smiled and said, "I'm not worried about it." I have nothing to hide from the government. Oh, gosh. You know, and I wonder so gross. how many of the Japanese-Americans uh, who were picked up because of their census data uh, and during World War II and, and interned for, with no trial or anything like that, had nothing how many to hide. of them felt like, I have nothing to hide from the yeah, government? Yeah, I'm a law-abiding I'll, I'll citizen. i give them this information. Mm-hmm. I got really mad and said, just because I stand up for liberty does not mean I'm hiding something, and I'm offended that you would assume that I'm um, up to criminal activity. Oh, boy. Um, he goes on, I have hundreds of patients, and I'll be able to tell them I um, no longer take checks from this bank. I'm not going to give their name out. Why not? Well, because I don't know that I necessarily disagree that this is a terrible thing. What, uh, fingerprinting people? Fingerprinting people, yeah. It seems a little invasive, and people have been cashing checks for years without having to be fingerprinted. Why now? Uh, you know, It can be used to uh, you know, go find the bad guys. Are there banks oh. that don't do this? I'm sure somewhere. Yeah, well, you know, great. There's, there's they always going to be a bank. business. Absolutely. Wachovia Bank, as I recall, because I got the same email. I'll go ahead and let it out there. 1-800-259-9231. I will defend my position when we return. You can, uh, you can take control. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Mark, you were going to defend your position. We're talking about the requirements that apparently a, a number of banks have. I don't know. I never tried to cash a check in... I don't even know how long, so I've I've not come across this. But uh, there are apparently fingerprinting requirements in that if you are coming into a bank where you do not have an account, you will have to give them your fingerprint in order to cash a check that is from that originates from that bank that you've gone to. Visit. Right, and essentially, a bank um, with it, with checks creates their own money. They're creating their own monetary note, and you know, in in order to get their monetary note you have to be you know to to, uh, to get money for your monetary note in exchange you have to be sort of part of the club you can either have a bank uh, account mm-hmm. at another bank you can have a bank at, uh, account at that bank and uh, this fingerprinting thing sort of is a impediment to people that don't have bank accounts anywhere uh, you know that use the check cashing places which are banks in and of themselves check cashing places are banks they just uh, charge a lot more for um, exchanges and so it's the bank's currency so if they want to require a fingerprint to, you know, exchange their currency for Federal Reserve notes, I'm fine with that. Oh, I understand. As a business, it's their prerogative and their decision to require you to jump through whatever hoops they want to require you. And you can call it jumping through hoops. I don't know. I don't know whether it's jumping through hoops or protecting the the customer. It could be one. It could. It it depends on the situation as to whether or not it is. Likely, the bank is going to protect the customer. You're not going to be uh, responsible for somebody kiting a check on your account or something like that. But you, you never know for sure. And what is it going to do, though? I mean, you you're going to get the money if you bring the check. If you're a scam artist mm-hmm. and you bring a check into the bank and you leave your fingerprint, I guess they could go after you after the fact. Yeah, but it won't, that, that's won't the do purpose. anything to stop you from getting the money. 
it won't stop you from getting the money, but it will um, it, it, it will it could stop you because you know that oh wow they'll have my thumbprint. And they can come after you. Now, of course, you could be somebody who's never had a criminal record, and they don't have your prints anywhere. But, you know, this is, it's, just a, it, it's just a deterrent. All That's I'm all. saying is it seems to me that people have been cashing checks for years, and it's been, been no big deal to just use a, a driver's license. for years, Ian. There's to progress, use a, okay? To use a driver's license, and that has been sufficient. And I presume the there are other banks out there. The marketplace is going to have things like this. I mean, yeah, sure. There were, you yeah, know, and those are, companies deserve to be ostracized for being too damn invasive. In my opinion, so it's just a service to the customer. It is, you know, it, that's all it no, is. No, it's not. It's, it's an annoyance. Feature. It's an annoyance. You can call it an annoyance. Right. Some people will feel better because they're putting their right. thumb, thumbprint on these. I think that's know, fine. Because people are required to put then their thumbprint on Then people like these. that should go to that particular bank. In which case, he named it as Wachovia. People that like, you know, the security state I think and this, all these. It's checks. most major banks. Maybe you're right. I know, I don't know. I, by the way, I don't know if this they is don't make some me kind of federal. Um, they don't make you do anything because you've got a bank account, they dude. Don't, but, but but they don't make me go and give a thumbprint when I want to cash a check of my own. When I come in there and write a check for cash, they don't ask me for a fingerprint. You're an then. account holder. They give I a higher level service to. Well, see, you should be going to a bank that requires a thumbprint from everyone. Then. I don't need that because they look at my you know my identification and that's sufficient. That's sufficient that's good for enough. them, right? Look, man, it's just a feature. That's all. It you sucks. can like it or dislike right. it. Right. I think it sucks, and that's why I'm talking about it. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, you know, I, I think that I think it would really stink if my bank went out of business and I lost all my money because just too many people were going in there and, and uh, you know, cashing bad checks, you know, bringing bad checks in. Wouldn't that stink? Wouldn't it stink to lose all your Stinks money? that your bank's uh, tellers can't look at an identification and eyeball somebody. I think that's pretty lame. Well, those girls are getting paid ten dollars an hour and man. what's going to happen with the expect? fingerprint are they going to bring the government police in there to investigate that case if they if, if there was some money stolen i suspect they would who else would they bring right well that's the problem there too isn't it in that no the government it's police, not they that's don't what have their job incentive. is they don't have an incentive to get anything done and do it well so. understood uh, the bank could very well a bank Seems that's like a big concerned about uh, privacy could very well uh, have their own private investigator that they very well could they very well could. that's all i'm saying the marketplace will take care of it. I think that uh, Dr. Patrick is perfectly within his rights to be upset about it. And Damn I'm, right ass- I'm assuming that we're not talking about something like uh, a federal mandate here. I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that we're not. And if this is a feature that the bank offers, fine. I'm fine with it. Sure. I'm, and, and you're right, Mark. Some people will see it as a feature. Others will see it as an inconvenience and an annoyance. And I'm in the latter category. 800-259-9231. I can tell you, I'm not about to give my thumbprint to any bank to get a $200 check. I'm with him. All right, then. I don't know why you're up here defending them. I'm only you. defending their ability and their right to do it and to service their customers. I never denied they had the, the right way to do that it. They wish. I never denied. They have the right to ask their customers for a, a butt cheek print if they want. I don't think that's going to be very successful. I in, don't think so either, in, but in they have the right criminals. to do it. They have the right to do it. They can ask you to jump through a hoop, flaming hoop of fire if they want to. But there's only so much customers will take. And I hope that other customers, like this doctor gentleman you are reading the email from, also express their displeasure. And find themselves a bank that uh, that doesn't do that stuff. Let's continue here. Andrew in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hey, uh, first off, I'd like to say that uh, small local credit unions are usually a good option for uh, privacy just because they have fewer customers and they have to keep you hmm. a little bit more. Yeah, I have a uh, the local credit union here in Keene. Very good, uh, sir. Yeah, that would be my suggestion. But the reason I was calling was to uh, talk about my... Uh, jury duty experience today. Uh, 
few weeks ago, some guys claiming to be the uh, Superior Court <laughs> decided to threaten me with uh, fines and violence if I didn't show up at their little courthouse today. Mm. So uh, I went down there and, you know, did the thing. And it was interesting, going in there, they have this propaganda film, basically, that you have to watch. Right, about jury and duty and why it's so wonderful. Yeah, it's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I was just thinking this thing. It's, just, it's kind of scary, just especially if you know you know, what the justice system actually does and how it doesn't really operate in a just way. Sure enough. So, so what else uh, did you want to share from your experience? Um, just that. I never got on a, a case or anything because they just sort of, I guess, settled out of court or, or whatever. But I wanted to bring up that the video and the fact that they uh, say they're fair and balanced, but they already kind of, you know, uh, stacked the uh, deck in their favor right off How the How many bat. people were at the jury selection? Uh I would guess probably 300 or something. It yeah, like usually they, usually pull, they, like, uh, they don't use everybody. Usually, usually what happens yeah. is they, uh, you know, they pick the ones that are the most gullible and uh, state-supporting. So if you, uh, you probably had to fill out a form that asks you some questions. Did you have to do that? I uh, didn't, even, didn't even get that form. It was oh, really? a generic form. It was like, oh, are there any legal excuses? And I didn't even get to get asked any questions. But, hmm. okay. you know, wasted an entire day that I could have been working and, it's a bad economy. It doesn't help me out. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I, uh, they'll tell you that you yeah. should feel um, that you should feel proud to have had the opportunity to serve on a jury. This kind of sacrifice is uh, it's good for everyone. Of yeah, course, the, essentially, the, the judge came in. And, uh, the judge in the beginning came in and was like, after the video, and he was like, "Oh yeah, our court system is so great that we had these, <laughs> you know, bureaucrats from Japan and Korea come over to check it out, and maybe they'll implement it." And I was oh like, boy. I guess it's better than because they don't have juries, uh, jury trials in Asia, at least for the most part, um, at all. Huh. It's kind of a, Just a judge, huh? court martial situation ish. Yeah, well, it's a panel, kind of like we do military stuff. So, I mean, that would be a step up, I guess. But I it's guess. still not a great system. Yeah. I mean, the jury system is pretty bad because they use the jury selection process to to deselect anybody that might know a thing or two about uh, being on a jury that might. For instance, know about yeah. jury nullification, which is, by the way, always a great opportunity when uh, when you're called in for jury selection to bring some uh, fully informed jury association flyers along with you and sort of uh, poison the jury pool, if you will, with the uh, the information that jurors can actually vote not guilty if they disagree with the law itself. Uh, it's important information to get out there. So if there's ever a like a question and answer section. You know, if they so if they show that video and then some judge or the you know the clerk of court or whoever it is comes out and starts speaking and so well, do you have any questions? That's a great opportunity to uh, to raise your hand and ask a question about jury nullification to just plant the idea in the, into people's heads. You'll probably be rejected after after you ask that question. Yeah, I mean, I would have I would have done that because yeah. you know I'm familiar with with jury nullification and everything, but. Like I said, I didn't get anywhere near that point. So. There you go. Well, hey, uh, so it was a, a day of your life that you were drafted and uh, unable to choose your own path in life, for, at least for that particular 24 yeah, hours. That was, Sorry to hear about I, that. I wish they'd call me for jury duty. I'm, I'm looking for the opportunity. I don't, How do they pick it around here? Do you know? I, I No, I don't. Um, but, you know, I, I, I yeah, look forward to the opportunity. Driver's license. Yeah, well, hmm. I'm on. I am registered to vote here in New Hampshire. So if they go by voter registration, I am, 
a, a potential callee. But if it's driver's licenses, then there's no way they'll ever call me because I don't have a, a New Hampshire driver's license. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate right. it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The war on cigarettes continues in Toronto where they've taken the next step. And this is kind of a silly one. We'll uh, explain that to you also. Check in with Larkin Rose and get his thoughts on the point of Independence Day or the way people celebrate it here in America today. More coming up. Hour two's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. And don't forget to join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. And like those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites, ours is free. So enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. To Larkin Rose, who, if you've listened to the show in the past, we uh, we do share things from him from time to time. He, at one point, made a name for himself in that he was a tax freedom advocate, and he still is. But now he has moved beyond being one of those constitutional guys to being a true uh, voluntarist, someone who has rejected the idea of the state completely, and of course, therefore, he still rejects the idea of taxation. Anyway, Larkin has a few things to say on the idea of Independence Day and the blind nationalism, as he says, that people are celebrating when they celebrate their version of Independence Day. They call it the 4th of July. He says, today is a day when millions of victims of a tyrannical regime go out and proudly display their blind loyalty to that regime. The modern celebrations which occur on July 4th make about as much sense as Jews proudly parading around carrying banners of swastikas. What ex- I, I think that's pushing it a little bit. Uh, the, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, it's tyrannical. The United States government is tyrannical, absolutely true. But, you know, as far as tyranny goes, on the, on the scale of tyranny that we've seen in this world and even on this world currently... It's not the most tyrannical. So to take uh, the most tyrannical regime, that's the Nazis, or somewhere somewhere in the top ten. He ever, said it makes as, about as much sense. No, that, that's see. This is this is how one degrades one's arguments using Nazis. What exactly does the American flag represent? I don't mean what do you wish it represented. I mean, given how it's used and displayed today, what must it actually represent? Well, the Nationalistic Pledge of Allegiance says that the flag stands for a republic. In other words, millions of children, not to mention adults, are trained to swear allegiance to a flag and a government. 
Ew, how revolting, he says. A lot of people have told me they think I'm a true patriot. Now, I know they mean it as a compliment, but I'm not sure why. What is it that I'm being loyal to? It sure as heck isn't the government or a piece of cloth known as the flag. In short, I'm loyal to the idea of freedom, the, that every individual rightfully owns himself, and that any infringement upon that right, for instance, all government, is an evil abomination. Now, I, I, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. I understand where somebody who's you know, talking about uh, you know, patriotism in this manner, uh, sort of disparaging patriotism, I understand where they're coming from. <clears throat> um, I... Th- there's no organization like the government. If you worked for a car company and, you know, talked about ways of improving that car company, you wouldn't be called a, a car company hater. You wouldn't be called a bad person. Uh, you you wouldn't say that you hated your company because you wanted to improve it. Mm-hmm. You would just, you know, or even talk about ways of inc- improving the business model of the company. You'd be an innovator. Yeah, an that's idea what you'd man. be. But when you talk about ways of innovating the, uh, you know, the country, you're you're sort of put in this religious category. Only in the church can one be called a heretic for s- saying ways to say improve God or improve mm-hmm. the way we worship God or um, improve the ideas around spirituality or something like that. They'll call you a heretic sometimes. And same in the United States, if you, you or in governments in general, if you speak out against your government and the way they're doing things, you're uh, something like an anti-patriot. There is no term for it that I can think of off the top of my head. But at the same time, I like red, white, and blue. I've been indoctrinated into the uh, the ideas of the country. I like the Captain America shirt. I'm wearing my Captain America T-shirt today. These are things that I like, and I think that one needs to tread carefully in this area. In the same way that you wouldn't uh, uh, expect to convince a religious person that their uh, religion is silly by coming out and saying, Your religion's stupid! You probably can't uh, really convince patriotic people that, well, the idea of patriotism's stupid because look at what your country's doing bad. Well, I don't know if he's trying to do that here. I think he is pointing out that he likes the idea of being a patriot in that he says that he's loyal to the idea of freedom. And mm-hmm. as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned, that was what patriotism was supposed to right, be. That in defines America. patriotism in, in in a way. I mean, you're right. you're you're uh, trying to uphold and propagate the the principles on which this country is founded on. Which what is else different could from, they call you? All right. Well, which is different from upholding the idea of the nation state and upholding right. the idea that well, America's government is right every single time, or you know, we're the we're the right ones and everybody else is wrong. America's great. Whatever the American government does is wonderful. Hooray. You know, rah rah, uh, yay. Yeah. Apple pie and flags and stuff like that. And, and that's through that's, collateral damage. We have wars to fight. It, well, that's the, you know, the thoughtless kind of mindless patriotism that I mean, it, you can't really mix the two terms, but people do. And so people consider that patriot patriotic. They consider nationalism patriotic. And it's not. Nationalism is, as he put it in the very beginning, it's blind. It uh, doesn't have anything to do with reality. It it's in, in many cases bigoted. It's just despicable. It's thoughtless. Yeah. You don't have to have critical thinking skills to be a nationalist. You just have to get excited when you see a flag wave and, uh, you know, a tank driving through the streets. And you don't you don't see too many tanks driving through the streets in the United States. We no, don't but do... the nationalists would cheer it on. I mean, if there were tanks driving through the You're streets, right. the nationalists would say, yeah, that's what we need to do. Stop the terrorists. Go, America. Whereas the patriot is saying, whoa, 
How about the right to privacy? What the hell is a what, what the hell is a tank doing in this in the middle of my street? Yeah, this is. I not, don't care whose it is. It's not really propagating freedom in any way, shape, or form. So there's a big difference here, and so I just want to make sure we clarify that. Anyway. Larkin Rose continues, he says that now some people like to imagine that that's what the USA is all about, freedom. However, I don't see a shred of support for such a claim. A couple hundred years ago, you might have been able to make such an argument, but what about today, at least if you weren't a black man a couple hundred years ago? Most of the country continues to vote for one of two clubs of national socialists, even though they, or though they use the meaningless names Democratic and Republican. Neither club cares a whit about freedom. Democracy or republics, for that matter. Yeah, inalienable rights or even the flawed constitution. So in what way can the U.S. be called pro-freedom? Well, the tyrants in Washington obviously are not, nor are the sheep who elect them. In short, if you care about freedom, waving the American flag now makes about as much sense as waving the flag of the Soviet Union. Whatever you wish it represented, and that's that's kind of what you're, that's kind of the place you're in, Mark. When when you see the flag, you you must feel conflicted. Like you know what it feels like on the inside to you. Like yeah, that's freedom. No, to freedom. me, to me, to me, the flag represents the ideals the country was founded on. But um, that's it, not what it represents. Well, it represents the state. That is what the flag represents. I don't know that the flag necessarily does represent the state or the government of the United States. I think it represents... The 13 original colonies and the 50 states. It's all about the United States. That's what the flag is. I think that the, you know, the idea was that the people in those 13 original colonies um, signed on to the Constitution, to this, uh, you know, this document that enshrined uh, rights, unlike any other document had up to that point. And, right. uh, you know... It's so okay they, to have a story you tell yourself in your head about what it means. But as Larkin Rose points out, whatever it is you wish it represents, in reality, it's now a symbol that flies over all the giant monuments to power. The federal buildings, for instance, represents liberty. Or excuse me, he says, do you really think that that symbol represents liberty anymore? If you love freedom as I do, there is no country on earth for you. Every flag, every nation stands for your enslavement in one way or another. The megalomaniacs have their tentacles just about everywhere. But what's more sickening than that is how the same people being controlled, taxed, and regulated into economic and psychological ruin will be out in force today celebrating their purely imagined freedom. I, for one, can't stand the sight of it anymore, so don't expect to see me at any parades or celebrations. Unlike 99.9% .9 of this country, I see no reason to celebrate my own enslavement. Well, I'm a big fan of bratwurst. I like explosions. Sure. 800-259-9231. But nonetheless, uh, a poignant article from Larkin Rose, which, by the way, his website, LarkinRose.com. We continue with your calls. It's Rich in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Rich. Hello, hey, Rich. Guys, I see you survived Independence Day. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? I've been catching up uh, on the podcast the last couple of days. And, Mark, I need to take you to task for something uh that you seem to fail to understand the other day, even though uh -oh. Ian was doing a relatively good job of, of explaining it. Hmm. And well, Ian, it. I'm surprised you didn't explain it better, because you usually do. You were talking, Mark, about um, how you do not see how it would be different if for, for teenage prostitutes if prostitution were legal for them. All right, we're going to come back with this. Hang on, Rich. We'll bring it back. You can make all your points here in a moment. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there from the front page of the website for free at freetalklive.com. And... Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, Internobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order if you use the code FTL at checkout. That's Internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, or see their banner at freetalklive.com. And don't forget that code FTL for 10% savings at checkout. 800-259-9231. Back to Rich in New Hampshire. On the amp line, Rich, you're... Oh, wait, you're not on the amp line. Rich is on the other line. Rich, you're back on Free Talk Live. Hey, um, Mark, I was saying the the other day uh, you were apparently failing to understand why it would be safer for the young girls, the young ladies involved in underage prostitution to for it to be legal. And his primary argument, I believe, at the time was that he thought that even if it was legal, while it may take some pressure off the marketplace, at the same time, he still believed that uh, young women could be enslaved as uh, as sex slaves for, you know, mean pimps that would hurt them. Yes, but if it is a legal business. Okay, how, how do girls get into that life in the first place? How do they get into that business? I'd say that there's a variety of different ways to get in it, but uh, drugs. Some of them are runaways. Yeah, uh, but perhaps some of them really do want to get through college. Well, in most cases, and this is a, a, an overbroad generalization as every case is unique, but in most cases, something prompted these young women to leave whatever home environment they were in. Something happened, or they grew dissatisfied, or they were abused there, or whatever. They ran away. They get pulled in by other street-level hookers or by the pimps themselves with the promise of riches. And early on, they tend to be treated very, very well. These okay. pimps know exactly how to operate that because that's how they get and keep their girls. And they're treated very, very well to begin with. Okay. Until they're hooked into that cycle, and then starts coming the, well, you know, if you want to leave, or if you want to go to the cops, or if you want to, you know, get out of the life, you, you know, will we'll beat the living daylights out of you until you are docile enough that you're not going to want to leave anymore. That's basically how the system works. Now, in the marketplace the way it exists today, with it being illegal for these girls to be prostitutes, they have nothing, no one to turn to. What happens if they go to the cops? The cop doesn't go out and arrest the pimp. He arrests the girl for being a prostitute and puts her in jail. Mark says they won't do that. Yes, they will. It happens every day. Dozens of young girls between the ages of 13 and 16 are put into prisons and juvenile detention facilities every day. And even the people in the legal system who believe, who honestly believe that these girls would do better if they could be put into um, a, a, a counseling environment where they can be protected from the violence of the pimps without having to put them into a prison environment, even they can't do that because the law says they're prostitutes, they have to go to jail. Well, Mark said that it was a 10-year-old. I mean, you said 13 to 16-year-olds. Mark said, well, what if a 10-year-old went to the cops? They wouldn't arrest a 10-year-old for prostitution. Happened. 
it has happened. I I guess I'd have to see that uh, some evidence of that. It just it it you know. I... I, legalizing prostitution, uh, when, when you're talking about teen prostitution, where do you stop? I mean, do you stop at, at 10? I mean, do you stop at 6? Where, where does one stop at this sort of thing? Do I think that there are people out there that would manipulate 6-year-olds in order to uh, get them into a stable of hookers? Yes, there absolutely are people out there that would do that. And to not be able to, uh, you know, exercise the, the force of law on those people seems crazy to me. Rich, okay, but on in a legal business, if your employer, as it were, hires you to say wait tables, and then forces you with the billy club to clean the toilets all day instead, you have legal recourse. Well, you you have legal recourse, a, and no. you have you have legal recourse. Um, however, young uh, the younger a person is, the the less able they're going to be to to get that legal recourse. Uh, you know, to, to take advantage of that. But at the same time, uh, there's always somebody out there who will clean the toilets or wait tables or whatever it is that you're um, going to do. There's not yeah, always going to be it. another ten year old to step in and do the hooking job that you don't want to do if you're ten. I mean that's that's where it you know that that's where libertarians really fail. That's where free marketeers really fail. Is they 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 get their all mired down in this. Uh, well, we can't have any government because it, it's the government's the worst. It's terrible. But when you it's start not, showing people the the ugly, no disgusting underside of, uh, of of voluntarism, that's when you that's when you really drop the ball. It's gross to talk about ten year old hookers. Today, Mark. I mean, I where, understand. If it where feels... are the ten year old I understand it feels icky to you, Mark, to talk about these things, but the fact is these girls are being enslaved today. Where? you understand that? No, What, do you don't. think they're going to trot them down the street for you to see? It's all hidden, my friend. It, 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 maybe in Indonesia or something. We read a happening. story. The story that brought this up was that a 12-year-old girl was murdered because she didn't want to get initiated into, allegedly, because she didn't want to get initiated into a child sex ring. Nobody would have known about the child sex ring had that body not turned up, Mark. Now, what you're, what you're talking about is something entirely different. That the, None of those children have their own volition. They're being told what to do. You're not, and it's you're happening not today. About, you're not talking about a place, a brothel, where ten-year-old hookers are plying their wares of their own free will. I mean, we could talk about that if you can find me one, but there's nothing like that anywhere. Of course, there's nothing like that anywhere because there's no such thing. Because they're owned by their pimps, there's no brothel for them to go and work at or anything like that. It's all a hush hush. It's all very quiet. You have to know somebody who knows somebody. You have to know somebody you in know, one of these child sex rings. It's disgusting, is what it is. I understand it's that, Mark. It's disgusting defending it. It's, it you know, I'm sorry. It's disgusting. I understand that, Mark. And I'm sorry that, you're, you know, I, that we have to talk about such an icky subject with you since you're a little baby and you can't handle adult topics. I can handle it. I'm just, I, what I'm sorry for is what these kind of discussions do for the liberty movement. Right. So you want to put kids in jail, right? You want to put kids in jail cells? Is no. Right? No, I don't. No. Okay, so what's your solution then, Mark? What do you mean? For a 10-year-old who chooses to turn a trick. Um, I don't know what to do with 10-year-olds that turn tricks. Rich, your thoughts? Any uh, additions here? Well, my thought is in an environment where it's not against the law, it doesn't have to be underground, the market will come up with ways to help these girls. 
if they need to run away, they can have a safe place to go instead of being sucked into the life of a, of a street hooker. But the market also creates a demand and legitimizes the demand for these girls. So therefore, people are going to be out there trying to, you know, bringing on the new, uh, you know, 10-year-old uh, hookers and ruining the lives yeah. of countless people. Oh, sure, we, we managed to pull some 10-year-olds out, but they have to get in to get pulled out. Say what, Rich? Mark. The mistake you're making is that you are assuming that there are no, absolutely positively no 10-year-old girls who could possibly do this of their own volition. That's where you're wrong. I'm saying that there's a lot more, a whole lot more that would be manipulated into it. I know that there are 10-year-old girls out there that would hook if they could. Rich, hang on. I'll let you respond to that point in moments here. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have got a wiki. Over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and edit the wiki. Change virtually anything. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. It's the cure for naked. JumpTees.com. Get funny, sexy, clever t-shirts at JumpTees.com. Don't go through life naked. Get jumped at JumpTees.com. Hold on. I'm not done here. There's a a disclaimer at the end. Oh, okay. Pants not included. JumpTees.com is not responsible for customers not wearing pants. All right. 800-259-9231. We're back with Rich in New Hampshire, who who has called to take on Mark on the very icky issue of child prostitution. It is currently illegal pretty much everywhere around the world, and as a result of its illegality, the trade, of course, goes underground, just as every trade goes underground when it is outlawed. As a result of it being forced underground, the trade becomes far more violent and dangerous than it would be otherwise, though Mark is trying to get us to believe differently. Mark is trying to get us to believe that in the instance of a legalized child prostitution situation, that children would still be manipulated into doing things they don't want to do. And, Rich, I wanted to get your uh, continued thoughts on this. Well, if someone, if even a young person, is that easily manipulated into... That's why they're called children, Rich. Can you let him make a point, Mark? Go ahead, Rich. Then, in a free market, somebody can come up with the idea of, I will go to that pimp and pose as a John and get her into my little room and then talk her out of it the same way she was talked into it. If she's really that easily manipulated... That's a good that point. Could be done. They, there could be a group of people that goes around and, and attempts to uh, to save the uh, the child prostitutes. Yeah. As because stands, because the it, government fails to protect these young people. Right, because in, in everything that it, that it does. In the legal it's market based on aggression. That's correct. Now, in the legal marketplace, the uh, the child prostitutes might be a little bit easier to find. I mean, odds are not, odds are pretty slim that someone's going to buy a storefront and open up a a brothel simply because who in their right mind would rent to someone like that and ruin their reputation in that way. But it'd probably be easier to find them. So these uh, rescue groups could go in there and uh, you know, people uh, have do different outreach. values in that arena. They uh, rent to a, they rent to adult bookstores, right? 
Sure. And anybody can buy a piece of commercial property. Is that not so? That's, that is so. Okay, so there's no reason why there shouldn't be a storefront for, teen, for, for 10-year-old cookers. Just doesn't seem likely to me. That's all, Mark. Well, I don't know. You seem to think that the entire world is obsessed with uh, child sex and would just go out and do <laughs> these things. I don't know why, you're getting, why you have that viewpoint. Here's I don't have that viewpoint, but I think enough people do. For you to chew on, Mark. I'm sorry. Go ahead. How much of the demand for sex with 10-year-olds comes from an actual innate desire? They do it whether they, they you know do it whether it was legal or not, and how much of it comes from the forbidden fruit factor? So, mm. are you talking from the John's the John side of, of things? John side. How much? How much of the demand is based on the forbidden fruit? I, th- I think that uh, most of it the for- forbidden fruiters. That as soon as you forbid something, people who would not otherwise think of doing that will do it because it it's exciting. Alcohol prohibition. It's it, proven with drug prohibition. Those things prohibition doesn't work. I, look, I, I, I'll, I'll admit any, to you that there's problems there's with prohibiting child uh, prostitution. I'm only asserting that there are more problems with legalizing it. Sorry, but you've got no evidence for that. Neither, you have no, no evidence yes, to I the contrary. Do. Yes, I do. Right here from The Independent, more than 5,000 children are being forced to work as sex slaves in the U.K., including thousands trafficked to this country by criminal gangs. I mean, I can go on. I can find you more examples of the slavery that the you, you illegality did, and, of this... Creates Look, the, the demand for it is I, I don't see that the demand for it would necessarily go away and it being legalized. That, Nobody said the demand's going to go away, Mark. It's just going to stop diminish. slavery. No, I don't think it will. Why would it? Because it would be more into the open, because they wouldn't be able to enslave people in the same way that they do today, because they could, it would be legal, the underground elements wouldn't apply, it wouldn't be gangsters that would be running these, these uh, businesses. Look, it will go, the demand will go down, Mark, for the same reason that the demand for alcohol went down when prohibition was repealed, for the reason that alcoholism went down when prohibition was repealed will there still be people who want to go out and have sex with 10 year olds yes will it still be sick and disgusting yes but it will still be safer for all involved yeah i i, I remain unconvinced that there won't be people and uh, won't right. be 10 year olds enslaved you tried rich thank you for the call we appreciate it 800-259-9231 maybe there still would be some sex slavery going on mark maybe but it certainly wouldn't be on the scale that it is today five thousand children more than that in the uk alone are being enslaved because of the laws against child prostitution and what do they call them children an important study of global slavery exposes Britain as a major transit point for the movement of child slaves around the world. Commissioned by a social research charity, the report paints a shocking picture of an international web of gang masters exploiting children as young as five. There you go, Mark. As well as vulnerable women. Many are threatened with violence, then sold into the sex trade or forced to become domestic servants, says the report to be published tomorrow. A human trafficking trade now generates an... The human trafficking trade now generates an estimated five billion pounds a year worldwide, making it the second biggest international criminal industry after what? Um, drugs. Yep. Drugs and then child prostitution, Mark.
I don't know what more evidence we can give you. The fact that this is an illegal service makes it more dangerous, and I can't believe that you would ignore all of the lessons you've learned about prostitution just because you find this particularly an icky issue. Run through those numbers one more time on, on making it the number two uh, whatever. They are saying that uh, the sex trade, the child sex trade, uh, human trafficking trade, excuse me, is uh, now generating an estimated 5 billion pounds a year worldwide. Sorry, human trafficking, child sex, not the same thing. Human trafficking includes coyotes bringing people across That's the true. border. Um, human, uh, it, it includes You can ignore the 5,000 children, Mark, if you want to, but I, the I fact don't know is that there I, are children being enslaved. You know, they, they find one five-year-old and the rest are 17. What does that... I, I need to hear... I need more information. Sorry. Well, you go and you do the research, Mark, because the information is out there. I did a quick Google search on child sex uh, slavery, and uh, there was actually, this article was linked to from the Wikipedia article. And how many um, not-for-profits out there managed to get more government funding by uh, blowing up the numbers of what it is that, uh, you know, is going on here? I have no idea, Mark. Well, y- y- what, <laughs> look, the National Coalition for the Homeless will tell you there's a hell of a lot more homeless people than there are in America. Okay. And your point is what? The fact is there There's are not children many, that are th- being there enslaved. There are not 5,000 ch- children being enslaved. Well, you don't believe that? No, I, I guess I don't. Okay. Well, that's fine. Then there's there's nothing I can say, there's nothing I can put in front of you that's going to help you understand that legalizing child prostitution would help keep children safe. You're saying that you think it should be illegal. You're saying that people involved should be punished. And that's just going to result in it continuing to be underground and continuing to be incredibly a dangerous uh, profession to be involved in. Shame on you. 800 You're hookers. a coward, Mark. I already know the 10-year-old hookers are out there. Oh, I don't a damn, want them. Oh, I'm a don't coward. Put words you're you're damn cavalier with other people's kids. Don't put words in my mouth, Mark. I don't want 10-year-old hookers, okay? You just want the I legal. just want them to have the freedom to make their own choices for themselves without having to be uh, threatened with arrest or possibly being enslaved by some vicious, uh, as they use the term in here, gang master exploiting them. And you you want them to be enslaved, apparently. Uh, apparently, I don't. No. Well, then you need to be in I favor every, of legalization. I want every legal uh, impediment in the way of children being enslaved into prostitution. So you want them to be enslaved, then, is what you're saying. Because you want it to be illegal, so therefore it will continue operating in the underground, continue giving gangsters profits, and continue enslaving these children. These, go- these girls and boys, whoever they are, that are doing this prostitution, they aren't making anything. They're not making anything. No, they're I, owners. I don't, I don't imagine they're banking. Yeah, they're, banking anything. Their owners are making something. At least in the legal marketplace, they would have more choices available to them. They'd actually make some of the money that they were doing, and they'd have the opportunity to be rescued because it wouldn't be as underground and it wouldn't be as dangerous. And to deny any of that is to deny all the principles you've learned about prohibition and its effects on any given industry. More coming up, 800-259-9231. But, hey, it's emotional, and once the emotions get in the way, you your logic just goes out the door, Mark. I understand. Hey, you know, I know you don't want parents to be able to go get their kids More from coming these, up, uh, you can take control. Either. Their parents should be paying attention to what their kids do in the first place. Yeah, screw the parents. And never let them get there. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. 
And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go and promote Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn the various different ways how you can help the show, get on more stations, get new listeners, and most of the ways are totally free and pretty quick. And one of those ways is the voting process. You can go to vote.freetalklive.com to cast your vote for the show, and it makes a big difference for us because the more votes we receive in one month's period of time, the better, uh, the more likely we will be the number one show. I believe we're not yet the number one show this month, but working on rising up the charts, I think we're in the top five, number three, I think was the last time I checked. And all you need to do is go to vote.freetalklive.com. If you've done it already this month, big thanks to you. Uh, If you've yet to do it, as most of our listeners have yet to do it, we could really use your help. And it makes a big difference for us because being number one brings new listeners to the the forefront. And it also helps advertisers realize that uh, we're worthy of advertising on. So go to vote.freetalklive.com. Please. Thank you in advance for doing that. All right, so let's continue with your phone calls here and talk to Dan in Pennsylvania on the AMP line. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hey. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, first of all, I'd, before I get to my main point, I just wanted to say something regarding the uh, last topic about uh, child prostitution. Yes, sir. Uh, first of all, I'm in no way in favor of it from a moral standpoint. I think it's disgusting. Principles aside, I think the people who do it should be castrated, but... As a libertarian, I wouldn't actually do that. Mm-hmm. But what should be done is people should look at it on a case-by-case basis. Sure, there are people who are capable of giving consent. Most children cannot. But to set an arbitrary age and say it is illegal under this age means that you are, you know, you're making a blanket statement, which is always fallacious. So what, what should happen is that you should look at it on a case-by-case basis. Was this person coerced? Was this person giving consent? And if it was consent, leave it alone. If not... You know, ring the guy through uh, as hard as you can. I, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but, uh, you know, when, when libertarians use the term coercion, what they mean is physical force or a threat thereof. Is that what you mean? Oh, no. If a, uh, if a person is not giving informed consent to something, then what they are doing is effectively uh, a coercive act, or, or they are effectively being coerced. Okay. So... So if a child can give informed consent, the burden of proof is going to be on the, the you know, brothel or whatever to, to, to prove that. Whereas an adult, the burden of proof is going to have to be on the person who's saying that they aren't giving informed consent. So there's a continuum there rather than just an arbitrary age limit. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Well, and the fact is, as uh, abhorrent as it might seem, if there was some sort of back alley, uh, you know, public place that people could go to, some brothel where they could go and buy these uh, yucky sexual services, at least then it would be out in the open and people could investigate the situation and they could talk to the kids and they could find out what they were thinking and and what's going on. Whereas if uh, we have an illegal situation, then you've got people that are enslaved and they're completely obscure and there's no way to find them and help them unless you just get lucky right so what, what, were you calling about? what were you calling about besides this okay well um i wanted to call about uh, my company's drug policy uh i work for a christian bookstore so, or a bookseller so you'd imagine oh it must be the company's company right no, the company's what the company's oh, policy, the, the policy? It's okay it's not the uh the pa department of labor is forcing companies to do drug tests on their employees oh really no. Because wait, new employee? Uh, hold on, new hires, or they're they're forcing retroactively everyone to be tested? Uh, retroactively. Wow. We had this meeting last week where a bunch of people came and talking about you know 
the horrors of drug use and all that sort of thing, and making us sign a consent form, which we did not have to sign when we were hired, mm-hmm. um, that says that we are going to submit to a random drug test, which of course means Damn. that it's it's not trying to catch drug users because you're not going to catch the few drug users from a huge random pool. But here's the thing. Our best employees smoke marijuana. The bosses know that. They're mm-hmm. keeping them around because they're dang good employees. And here comes the Department of Labor saying that now they have to do that. Wow. And I don't know if, I don't know if they have to fire them if they find that they have been using drugs or what. But, but the, I mean, it's not the company's policy. The, uh, I mean, the company does have an official anti-drug policy, but they, they know that these people use marijuana and they have not been enforcing it because they're great employees, but now apparently they have to. And this is going to happen at every business that's operating in the state of Pennsylvania? I don't know. I've heard of it happening at more than the business that, uh, for which I work. Uh, so I know that it's not just our company. Hmm. But I do know that it's the drug depart- or, or the, uh, the Department of Labor who's behind it. I know that, it, that it's not just... Uh, you know, just our company because there are others doing it. So I would assume that it may be some new program. I don't have any evidence of this, but I would assume that it may be maybe a statewide program trying wow. to catch uh, drug users or something. So, yeah, well, what happens to uh, the – I mean, let's say that one of your coworkers gets caught in one of these random tests. What happens to him? Is it an immediate uh, firing? Do they get reported to the state? What well, is the process? What else does the government have when it comes to these things? If the government's, uh, you know, forcing it on them, they, they could be very well – the ones who are, uh, you know, administering the test. Oh, that doesn't seem likely. It's your company that's required to contract with a private. I would imagine a private tester, right? Like a, oh, some lab yeah. company. That's correct. Now the rumor is, and again, this is just hearsay, but the rumor is that the drug uh, testing company is required to report it to the state. Oh, geez. As part of the, you know, as part of their. Uh, you know, licensing requirements. Of course, they report it to the company, but they also have to file a record with the state. Hmm. Unless the uh, unless the employee has uh, you know enters into some sort of a, a voluntary you know help program. Wow, you know that's which, crazy. One of the things that bothers me about these uh, drug tests at work is every test has a an amount of error. Sure, you know, like sometimes it's a mistake, and. You know, there, there's there are going to be people who are and and the thing is they test them for all kinds of stuff. There are going to be people who come down uh, dirty for angel dust and barbiturates because they took this test and they came out bad. Now I don't. I, they I, ate something that you I've know. never heard of angel dust or barbiturates. Yeah. I've never even seen these things pervade for sale anywhere. But you know, they're they're going to come up dirty for them at the Christian bookstore. Yeah. And they even. Um they're test. They're doing hair tests, which I guess can go back years. Yeah, as long as I your mean, hair is I, long. I was, I was at a Rust concert on Wednesday, and everyone was smoking weed but me. So would I test positive? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question, yeah. man. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I understand that marijuana comes out of your system if you haven't, if you don't smoke it, uh, you know, very often at all. It'll come out pretty quick. But the next day, yeah. I can't even say. I can't say it would be that quick. I don't well, know. Well, it's been a good long time for me, so I, I don't. I, I, I know I wouldn't test positive, but my good friends who hold the company up on their shoulders, literally. I mean, they couldn't do without them. Hmm. They would. I think this, you this know, is tragic. And, and hair tests are the, uh, the the worst because they only target the people who don't expect to get caught, because anybody can shave their head right before a uh, you know one of these tests. Oh, sorry, I got a haircut. Hmm. Well, they'll test you with something else, do a urine test or or whatever. But 
Man, this is bad yeah. news. And yet another reason, if you're in Pennsylvania or another one of these states, it's going to require uh, require companies to do drug testing. Yet another reason to uh, bail out, join the Free State Project, and move to New Hampshire. I don't think that nonsense is going on here yet. I would love to. I, I don't think that's uh, far off for me. Very good, Dan. Thanks for your call tonight, and sorry to hear about all that. I hope your coworkers uh, survive this. And go ahead this. and sign up now at freestateproject.org. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks, Dan. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. What, I mean, can you imagine just for a moment the fallout that could happen as a result of this? I mean, if this is really pursued, if they really do go after, if it's not just talk in some political posturing, if they really do go and they, they force these companies to drug test their employees that they know for a fact are using marijuana and force them to, to presumably force them to be fired, I mean... What else will they for? I, you know, right. I don't know what they'd force them to do, but it isn't going to be good. Right. How is exactly that going to make life better for anybody? You're taking the good employees, because a lot of marijuana smokers are great employees, as Dan pointed out there. You're taking these good employees, you're putting them on the street... The business is now without the people that know best how to run that particular business. You've got to bring new people in and get them trained to fill those positions. I mean, this is an expensive process. Training people is expensive. All this over marijuana. Yeah. It's really over marijuana. I know they say the drug policy, blah, 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 blah. But the the war on drugs is really a war on marijuana. Look, I I might even feel a little better if, if, you know what, I wouldn't. Never mind. Okay. I was just thinking that maybe I'd feel a little better if, uh, you know, they'd legalize marijuana and then had the drug tests at work, but I wouldn't. Yeah, that's no good either. I mean, it, cocaine know, can somebody, do a job, too. Yeah, the fact by the is, way, it is a war know, on marijuana because... Cocaine has a terrible reputation, but if you do go cocaine on a Friday night... and it's then out you of your work, system. You, you go to work on a Monday morning, I'm sorry. You're it's clean. Just, it's not affecting you um, in any more than, well, you, know, and you you're can't the kind detect of person that does coke. 72 hours, you can't detect cocaine. So this really is going to catch marijuana smokers more so than anybody else because a lot of the other hard drugs are in and out of your system. Yep. They might show up in the hair test, but as you said, shave your head and you're, you're good there. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. Free Talk Live. Provider and licensing details are available. If this is your paycheck and this is your debt, what are your options? File bankruptcy and tread water the next seven years? Or make a call for Care One Credit Counseling Services and start getting out of debt today. A Care One Credit Counseling Agency can help you get immediate relief from stress caused by debt. And you'll have one lower monthly payment instead of the pile you have right now. Call a Care One agent today and you can start saving hundreds of dollars in fees and interest payments. Care One agencies have helped over 4 million people get out of debt and they can help you too. Call 800-952-9224, 800-952-9224 and find out how you can lower your monthly payments up to 57%. One 15-minute phone call can change your life. Call 800-952-9224. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour number three of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right back into your phone calls. And we talked to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Tom, New Hampshire. I was just thinking, on December 29, 1845, the Republic of Texas was admitted to the Union 
as a state. Okay, so she went from republic to statehood directly without territory status or any of that. Okay. okay. All right. Try to imagine some banana republic in Latin America doing that nowadays. Doesn't seem likely. The humongous amounts of federal bureaucratic regulations, okay, I mean, I was thinking the Dominican Republic, because that's where my wife is from, but there's a lot of countries in Central America and South America and the Caribbean, and they wish, a lot of people there wish that they would be free to, you know, move back and forth to the United States and, and seek jobs in the United States and all of that. But uh, just think of, about if a country became a state and overnight, like all the businesses that require a federal license, suddenly don't, I mean, they don't have a federal license. The doctors would be out of luck. They couldn't prescribe medicine without getting uh, FDA approval. Mm. The prisoners who are doing time in the federal prisons I mean, in the, the, the local prisons that don't meet U.S. government standards, maybe they'd be sent back to the sent to the United States, or would the uh, prison sentences, you know, that don't meet due process standards of the U.S. be nullified, and th then they'd all go free? Yeah. So and why uh, would any why would anyone want to become a state of the U.S. government at this point? And maybe and, that's and, why and Puerto they, Rico continues to vote it down. And. What, what about, oh, the Environmental Protection Agency would go nuts all mm. of a sudden because they would have authority over, I mean, <laughs> the way they treat the environment in some of those countries. Just try to think of all, all the, the bureaucratic mess that would yeah. be created simply by annexing a country into statehood today as opposed to back in 1845 when the federal government was more minding its own business. Or heck, even, you know, the 1950s uh, or 48 or whenever it was that Hawaii came on board. It would have been easier yeah, well, back then. But, but but they were still a territory anyway. So they, they were a territory since like 1893. So they are they not under, subject, are, are territories subject to the same rules as, uh, as states? Well, it, she became a territory in the 1800s and therefore uh, subject to a lot of, you know, as the federal government starts uh, phasing in these new laws like the federal income tax wasn't that uh, 1913? 1913. So uh, yeah, they could impose the federal income tax there, uh, you know, as it happens, and, and gradually start building these things up. And then upon statehood, they would still be subject to uh, most. Of, uh, they would already be subject to most of these regulations what but, brings this i mean what brings this up tom i mean it's kind of an interesting academic discussion but i mean i think you're making you're making the point that nobody's going to be joining no other uh, governmental uh, entities have or will because of what you're saying have any interest in becoming the 51st state you're saying that it's going to be 50 states and and that's going to be it no the, uh, they could uh divide a state into two parts or they could figure out let's say uh, we'll give this one, uh, you know, a, a timetable to phase in. Okay, the radio stations can broadcast for the first six months without an FCC license, and then that gives them time to, to get on. They can't go down to the post office and mail in the application because there's no U.S. postage stamps there yet. But uh, you know, and gradually, and so on. I think it's more so, interesting to think about what it would be like for one of the 50 states to leave. Uh, to secede, what what would that be like? What would happen to the post office in that particular case? Well, in uh, 1861, of course, President Lincoln had to 
order a new set of postage stamps for the United States. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Th that way, there, the Confederates could not capture the U.S. postage stamps in the South and then sell them on the secondary market for their noble cause. See, they, they came see. up with a new issue and gave Northerners a week to turn in the old, exchange the old issue hmm. for the new issue that doesn't look anything like the old ones. I see. And they couldn't do that in the South, so all of a sudden the postage stamps in the Southern post office uh, vaults became worthless. And uh, Otherwise, it would be very easy for the Confederates to capture all that money, uh, essentially, is what the stamps... Stamps were used more as money uh, in the olden days sure. than they are now. Interesting. Yeah. Tom, thanks for the call yep. tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It, they work you know, as money in prison, too. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting kind of academic discussion as to why it is that uh, the odds are very slim that you're ever going to see a 51st state. Why would anybody want to bring that level of regulation upon themselves? It does seem like uh, there would be a, a, a lot of hurdles to, uh, to, to jump over. And but, for, for what benefit? But I mean, it, what would you get for all that? A poorer place would be able to, uh, if they didn't have the option of being a territory, um, because people in Puerto Rico have all the advantages of a state and a few of the disadvantages, um, they, you know, a, a poorer place might say, well, you know, the rich United States will take care of our people. You get welfare, yeah. basically. But I don't know I don't what know. their it's a stretch. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, their local bureaucrats um, would cease to be sort of national level bureaucrats. They'd lose power. Well, they, they'd certainly lose lose standing, right. if not power. They would. Well, they become subservient to the feds. Uh, they would be subservient certainly, but they would still be in control of their local people, and their local people would get be getting more money in the form of you know welfare and um, stimulus and businesses moving in, you know those kind of things. I think it's more interesting to envision the opposite, and that is uh, a government a state government actually seceding from the national government and what uh, sort of ramifications that would have for business and freedom in that particular state with all of these regulations immediately being lifted, not having to answer to FEMA or the uh, the various different federal agencies that are looking to regulate your business, having all of that literally just disappear overnight. I think it would be very, very interesting. I don't know how a state would ever vote itself out of the union. It just seems... You know, I, I'm for states seceding. I just can't imagine how that would happen. I'm, like, think about the... Uh, would it just be like a, a legislative thing? Wouldn't they, you know, you put up a secession initiative? In oh, sure. That's how, it would, that was, that's how it would happen if it were voted. It just doesn't seem very likely um, yeah. to me. Can you imagine the uproar of all the federal employees in that state? Yeah. Oh, it'd be, it's not going to be easy. There's all no their pensions would be lost? They'd have to leave immediately and quickly. And what about the mail? People would be upset because they wouldn't get any mail from the feds anymore. How would they deal with Wait, that? Oh, email, ma mail provided yeah. by the United States Postal Service, yeah. which isn't really a, a federal agency anymore. But uh, you would know, they it's, continue it's doing still, business in New Hampshire? They would deliver things, but you they think? wouldn't pick things up. I wonder. But they deliver that. things to the um, not not to your door, but to the state, to the and state. then the state would have to figure out how um, you know they 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 drop it off to points, mm -hmm. um, and then they'd have to figure out what how are we going to handle this situation. I think it's interesting to think about, and I agree with you, Mark, that the political solution probably not very likely. But if it can happen that way, then great. I mean, I'm all I'm all in favor of that. Uh, otherwise, I think we just need personal secession, where each individual essentially secedes his consent, uh, withdraws his consent from the the whole federal government system. More coming up here, uh, 800-259-9231. In fact, we're going to talk to Ben here in Pennsylvania. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, hey, Ben. Guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have probably had people like think you were kind of nuts for your political views, right? Yeah, it's happened. Probably. Yeah, odds are good. 
Have you ever had anyone actually question your mental stability because of them? Just my wife. Uh, Mark questions mine on a regular basis. Uh, because uh, my parents know about me wanting, wanting to move up to New Hampshire and become an exterminator and everything. Okay. But uh, I ended up talking to them about, uh, we were talking about economics, and somehow anarcho-capitalism kind of came up, and I was explaining to them how it would work. My parents, who claimed to be conservatives, my dad came up with, well, if the government wasn't here to make standards, what would keep someone from selling 2% milk as whole? It would be chaos. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's probably the, uh, the, the the silliest example that I've ever heard, but I, I like it. Um, well, people have their things they're scared of, you know, and how how sad that a, a conservative who supposedly should understand what can, the marketplace is about. I can tell you about. exactly who would uh, prevent that. The grocery stores. Well, maybe the grocery store. Consumer groups. How about the, the other milk producer next, the, the, yeah. that's selling their gallon of milk right next door to them? They say, "Hey, wait! Jim's milk doesn't have isn't two percent. It's whole." Then they're telling you sure. it's two percent. What else do they have in there? We're talking about an easy objection. Hang on, Ben. We'll bring it back for more discussion. Uh, what is it that your parents have said to you? Mine, my mom's called me crazy. She's called me crazy, and I think she's a crazy one for supporting the authoritarian state. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop when there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on that list for free. You'll find out uh, things like the auction that's going on right now. Auction.freetalklive.com allows you to bid on the third banner on our website you'll win it for an entire month if you're the winner and you can go to auction.freetalklive.com and place your bid we go back to ben in pennsylvania you're back on free talk live ben you're asking if we've ever been called crazy uh for our particular viewpoints and inevitably of course uh we have my mother in fact called me crazy and you were getting into a conversation with your parents so uh, if you wanted to continue that go ahead yeah, so anyway, um, I thought it was all over when the car ride was over. I just went in my room, and I started watching Nick at night. And it was about uh, 1230 at night. My dad comes down to my room. Uh, he, like, knocks on the door in this real serious tone. He starts talking to me about how he stays up because he's concerned about all the stuff I'm getting into. And uh, to top it all off, he's not even wearing pants either. So. Hey, yeah, right. <laughs> dad, dad down in his tidy whitey's talking to you about how sane you are. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he pretty much tells me uh, that this whole stuff, this free state stuff, sounds like repackaged hippie stuff from the 60s. Hmm. And that um, I'm being brainwashed by, uh, like, Free Talk Live. Does well, Has he ever listened to Free Talk Live? No, not really. Okay, then he doesn't know. The yeah, and what is it that he's basing... Wow, wow, right, wow, what, what, <laughs> what is it he's basing the hippie claim on, exactly? I, I don't know. I, I just told my it's counterculture. I want to move... Yeah, I wanted to tell him how I wanted to move to New Hampshire to get in touch with other people that think like me. And, uh, I don't know, they just think we're all living on some kind of commune or something, even though they know that it's not, it's, we're living all around the state. Yeah. So you've explained, uh, you've, you've essentially explained the Free State Project concept, the idea that 20,000 liberty loving activists are all moving to the same place, and he's just saying, <laughs> you're crazy, you're joining a cult. That kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Well, you know, what can you do, right? Uh, your parents, you, you love them because they had sex and they popped you out and, uh, you know, they might have treated you well as you were a kid or when you were a kid. But if you, if you let your parents hold you back from what it is that you want in life, then, well, 
you'll never be you'll never get what you want. You'll you know, never be my, happy. My mom, who's sort of a small government Republican kind of gal, he she um you know she inculcated me with the ideas to some extent of small government, and now I uh, I, I turn them back around on her. Um, you know, and I, I'm her for, own ideas. Yes, I'm, I'm for much smaller government than she is, and she really can't argue with it. You can't. Do you ever find yourself in this position? Um. Well, you know how conservatives are. They claim that they want freedom. They claim they like the free market. That if you're concerned about milk being sold as two percent when it's full, <laughs> I mean that's kind of says that you really don't. Well, it's it shows that you, <laughs> that you've gotten used to a certain level of uh, of regulation. And, and conservatives, to, and to my understanding, just sort of like things the way they are. Um, not really, yeah. you know, you know, they're they're not really for small government. They're for the way things were. Five or ten or fifteen or twenty years, whatever it is, period of time it is that they've they got decide. their magic, yeah, their magic year they've chosen, there. right? And you know, it's different for each issue. But uh, yeah, we had go ahead. Yeah, we had family coming over, and they said something like, "So uh, Ben, out of all the fifty states, why are you moving to New Hampshire?" And I really didn't before I had a chance to say anything. My mom just kind of goes, "So we can live like a hippie." And then uh, I really didn't feel like going into the whole philosophy. I hate answering, explaining it to people every single time. So I just basically said. Oh, uh, I heard it's a good uh, climate up there. A lot of camping, hiking, fishing, stuff like that. I really didn't feel like explaining it. Eh, you can always yeah. just answer the short, you know, the short answer of "I'm going to live free or die." How about that? <laughs> I don't know, yeah, man. What, what, what can you say? I mean, it's frustrating when loved ones don't get it, and uh, I, I understand where you're coming from. You want to bring them on board because you care about them, but at the same time, they are the last people in the world who are going to listen to what you have to say. So at, at some point. Right. They remember when you uh, used to poop in your diapers. They're not going to listen to you and your political philosophies, unfortunately. Right. So it doesn't yeah, I mean, matter how right we are. It doesn't matter how uh, brilliant or persuasive our points are. Uh, you know, They're very set in their ways, and they're comfortable where they are. So we just have to leave them where they are and, and go about our lives and enjoy ourselves and not really worry too much about what they're going to think. Yeah, I think they think that I'm going to uh, – by the way, my dad was talking to me. I think he thinks I'm going to drive a – a uh, tractor trailer full of uh, fertilizer into an IRS building or something. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. D- uh, ben, any other thoughts? Not it for now. So they haven't uh, they haven't convinced you to stay in Pennsylvania, right? Nope. All right. Good deal. We'll see you in New Hampshire. And thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, that might be what they would like for him is to. Oh, you should just stay where you are. Don't go and join those crazy people. You could put yourself in danger. And it's like you pointed out, Mark, with my mother. She's primarily concerned for my well being. Right. When right. I when I talk to her about all these. Uh, well, I mean, it's not like I talk to her often, but when something does come up and I mention what's going on here in New Hampshire, uh, she gets scared. You know, she gets scared. Well, people aren't paying taxes. What? People aren't obeying the law? What an incredibly bad idea. People. You could go to jail for that. Right, <laughs> right. And so that's primarily where she's coming from in that she doesn't want to, you know, have her son uh, put she his butt you on the line. She loves you and she's concerned uh, she, about she, your well-being. Right. Sure. She wants me to be safe. And for most people, safety means obeying. And safety means, you know, bowing down to the state whenever it is they demand you do something because otherwise they will, you know, there's a chance they might hurt you. And I think she understands that, you know, they might hurt me and she doesn't want to see that happen. But And she sees it as a likelihood. You see it as uh, unlikely. I see it as unlikely because we're surrounded by wonderful activists here that uh, that are helping protect one another from aggression by the state. And as more people come here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, that activism network will only become stronger. And I think that over 
over time, it will become less and less likely uh, that the state will lash out. Of course, those who see what the state does and how violent it is can be. Un- it is understandable why they're so concerned. I mean, when you see Waco and Ruby Ridge and you know all the other awful things that uh, governments have done to people, the war on drugs, uh, the you know the freedoms they've taken away from people, it's understandable uh, why people are so concerned for what's going on here. But it goes back to what we were talking about in hour one with the founding fathers putting their lives on the line, putting their property and sacred honor and their fortunes and mm-hmm. their families, putting it all on the line because they knew they had to do what was right. And what was right was getting out from under the thumb of King George III. In our case, what's right is uh, is standing up for freedom and getting out from under the thumb of this federal government and the, and the other people that call themselves government that want to rule over our lives by threat of force. What's right is, for sta- is standing up for voluntary interactions. And what's right is standing up for voluntary choice against coercive interaction. And so we're just doing what we think is right. If they want to hurt us for it, then that's them that's you know doing the wrong thing, and we'll bring as much attention to their violence as possible. Today we were at a, a well, I was at a courtroom trial for Russell Canning. He was uh, in there to, to plead not guilty. He's one of the activists here in New Hampshire. Um, he was, uh, I guess, pleading on uh, charges in regards to driving without a, a registration or driving without a license, and. You know, it's uh, it's really important that somebody make a stand and do this. And Russell Canning should be congratulated for having the courage that he does. Because if there's no Russell Cannings, if there's no Lauren Canarios, if everybody just just obeys and goes along with the status quo, things will just keep getting worse. There has to be a point at which there's a line in the sand for you where you just say, no, I'm not putting up with this anymore. No, I refuse to be ruled. I want to be I want to live free as a, as a sovereign individual. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it is the correct viewpoint. It's the most inherently moral viewpoint. I agree with that. I don't know if uh, driver's licenses are the way to go about getting it. 800-259-9231. You either bow down or you stand up for freedom. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. We've got live streams on our website, by the way. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. was just talking a few moments ago with uh, Ben who was having a conversation with his parents about moving to New Hampshire, and they're scared, uh, as many parents are scared when they find out that their son or daughter is going to be involved in the freedom movement, which could involve things like uh, you know, peaceful civil disobedience Any and Any movement that doesn't include uh, you know, finding a nice girl and getting a good job yeah. is going to bother the parents. Right. Uh, so uh, I know that Toby from Free Minds TV here in uh, New Hampshire at freemindstv.com, when his mom found out that he was getting involved in the freedom movement, she was quite frightened for him, frightened for his safety, frightened that her, you know, lovable son was going to be put into a jail cell for his activism, for speaking out. If one believes that, what does one believe about one's government? That, that is, one is really allowing to, you know, do these things. Exactly. That's I my mean, what question. What kind of American are you if you believe that the government is going to, to to lash out against somebody who's using their freedom of speech to speak out against the size of the government, and you don't do anything about it? Right. That your response to the government lashing out against 
against people is to just be <clears throat> quiet and oh no son son keep your head down don't say anything that might draw attention to you you could just live out your life here in this state of semi freedom and and uh, die uh, at least somewhat happy why should you be going after this freedom stuff don't you have enough freedom as it is well no no I'm not free enough as it is. And, and there are and, other people... One of the reasons that one pursues freedom is not for oneself. I don't pursue, uh, you know, drug legalization for me. I could yeah. care... <clears throat> pardon me. I could care less if drugs get legalized. I really could. Sure. It doesn't matter to me. However, I believe in freedom for everyone. I want freedom for you, even if you don't want freedom for me. Well, you know, I used to want freedom for everybody else. I'd, I'd like them the opportunity to have freedom, but if what you want is to be controlled, then you should be free to be controlled. You well, should be able to consent to Everyone's going to have some level of uh, – you know, There's you're, you're going to have, even in a world with no government, there's going to be uh, optional sort of um, non-authoritarian models yeah. of government, and everybody's going to have control, Ian. You're going to have control in a world that doesn't have government, in the world that you envision. Right, but if what you want is someone to tell you how to live your life, there are going to be people who will be willing to, uh, you know, accept your money to tell you. How there are organizations that you can work for them, and they'll do that. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's the military. There's uh, Job Corps. I mean, I'm sure that. Uh, so I don't. What I'm saying is, I don't want to force freedom on anybody. Right. I just want to tell them about freedom, give them the opportunity to understand and embrace freedom for themselves, and then from there we'll hopefully achieve liberty in our lifetime. But I, we're talking about um, standing up and speaking out. And possibly drawing attention to oneself and possibly coming under fire. And, of course, it's pathetic, uh, many Americans' responses to the idea of doing that. But you said, for instance, Mark, that you think that, uh, you know, picking the issue of driver's licenses and registration, you thought not the issue you would choose. And that's fine. Everybody's got their... I don't even see the point of choosing the particular issue, honestly. Well, it's about obedience. It's about uh, not being obedient to the state, which is demanding that you pay it money for the service of what? No service. It's just taking money from people. Driver's licenses. It's they not don't about cost safety. Much. It's not about safety. They Dri- claim it is, but it's not. A driver's licenses. Uh, they don't comp- They don't even pay for the uh, bureaucrat that administers the test. Over the course yeah. of, of over the course of the time that you have a driver's license, the amount of money that you put in does not pay for the the bureaucrat that uh, paid for the test. The uh, bureaucrat that gave you really terrible customer it's service. It's about obedience. And um, the, the, you know took your picture and uh, the little plastic cards that you get. It's about obedience. It's about no, getting it's people about to bow certify, down. It's ca- certifying people to be able to drive a Absolute vehicle. Absolute nonsense. That's nonsense. You've taken the driver's test, and you know that there's barely any sort of certification That's going what on. the idea is that people, you know, That's go for. That's the idea that people have, Do you but it's not you think that there true. would be some kind of certification to drive a vehicle? Of course I'd. I think that there would be certification, so in an area and I support where there, certification. So in, an, in a, in a uh, world where the government takes over the role of certification, even if it's a poor job of certifying, don't you think you should have that certification no. to, uh, to uh, drive a no. vehicle? No. I think I'll we agree should create with you an alternate certification. I really agree with you that the the certification should go on for the rest of your life. We should create an alternate certification. We were talking about this yesterday at a meeting of uh, the activists here in Keene of having some. There's apparently a free stater who uh, is apparently a master driver. And so what I was thinking of, what, what really needs to happen is some entrepreneur needs to get out there and create a master driver certification. You don't have to be a master driver. You just have to be certified by a master driver to show that you can drive. But what you should do, what this entrepreneur should do, is set the bar higher than the government certification process. You know, when I went and took a driver's test, it was drive once around the circle and then park. I mean, that was pretty much the driver's test that I took when I was, you know, it was like a decade ago. And it's a joke. It's anybody can pass this. So you create an alternate. 
private certification, driver certification, where you go, you pay, you know, 50 bucks to be certified, you take a test, and you, if you pass above uh, the bar that is set higher than the government certification, then if somebody says, well, you don't have a government driver's license, you're not safe to drive. Oh, yeah? Well, I've got the master driver's certificate, which shows I'm safer than a government driver's but license. But what, what who's certified the master driver? I don't know. See, That's th- th- a good this question. Is, this is the th- the sort of thing that uh, the state is above Some in people's mind. Some driving school. And, uh, you know, it's not about the certification, Ian. I agree with you that the government is not going to give you as good of a certification as uh, the master driver is and, yeah. you know, a certified master driver or whatever. I agree with you on that. What the problem is is confusing the crap out of the average person out there that their introduction... How is that confusing? How I is have it confusing? a certification. They understand what certification is, right? I can drive. If, you're, if you can drive so well, why don't you get the government driver's because license? Because I don't agree to their little terms. They had. They want me to agree to all their uh, licensing nonsense and their rules and regulations, and I don't agree to all of that. Well, it's their roads. Why no, you, they're you not need their, their license to drive on their roads? They're the public the confusion, confusion. I. I it's my opinion that the driver's license issue. If for one, if you're going to do it, don't do it so your license is suspended and then drive on a suspended license. Pay your license off. My license will just be uh, it, it's going to expire. It's not going to be suspended. It's just going to expire. I, I would say that it would be even it, you would have a stronger position if you sent it back in and said, "I don't want your government license anymore." Then, yeah, I could tough guy, put a sign on every one of the windows in your car that you're not using. Actually, what we're probably going to do and is it come says, out with "I'm a, driving without a state driver's license." There's no reason to do that. Why we'll not, probably badass? Do. It's a it's. No, I mean, we'll you're probably... showing people you need to get out there and trumpet your activism. That's tacky. I think it's what we'll do tacky. instead is it's, we'll. It, I think what we'll do instead, Mark, is come up with an actual license plate, an actual uh, private Shire license plate that you can put on instead of having a state government. I'm license all for plate. your uh, your Shire. Right. Uh, you know, please go ahead, but right. but but don't you know? So it's the same thing. Don't a not drive um, any more than you're you're going to drive. Don't don't stay at home because you don't have a driver's license, mm-hmm. which I you know I, I'm sure that these people that don't have them get cowed into doing. Absolutely positive of it. And secondly, drive around. And proclaim it to the world. Write it on the side of your vehicle. You know, l- let people know that that's what you're doing. That way, they they you know they get an opportunity. Because otherwise, you're going to get painted in the media as you know somebody who doesn't just driving without a driver's license. And that's what the average person finds out. It's there are other protests out there that one can do that I think do so much more. I think this driver's license thing, I just don't think it's the way to go. Well, right now we're looking for, I understand you feel that way, Mark, uh, but right now we're looking for 10 people that are willing to drive without a government driver's license uh, or government registration, and hopefully uh, we can recruit those 10 people to come here to the Keene area. I think we've got a handful of people already that are come on that are going to come on board, so with numbers, uh, it will become even more of a, a movement rather than just the, the lone crazy guy uh, driving without a, without a permit. With numbers, it'll actually be something that that we can point to and say, hey, this is what we're doing here is legitimate. We're safe drivers. We're certified. And so we're moving in that direction. I think it's an important thing to do because the government driver's license is so pervasive. Uh, people believe that it's necessary, but it's not. It's just nonsense. Now, if you support the government driver's license, Mark, and hold on, who said I supported the government's driver's license? It sounds like you're saying it's an okay I'm, idea. No, no. I'm saying that it's a protest the, the the energy and time is wasted on that okay, protest. Here's, what about this one? What about uh, what? And if you think it's a waste to protest government drivers' licensing and registration, what about bike registration? 
What do you mean bike registration? Well, the city of Detroit, uh, for instance, is now going to be requiring, or actually the enforce, the ordinance has been on the books since 1964. There's a difference between vehicle registration and a driver's requiring license. Requiring bicycles to be registered. Officers will begin handing out $55 fines for unregistered bikes starting on August 7th. Do you think this would be an issue? We'll talk more about it here in a moment, but think. Do you think this will be an issue that's worth uh, being disobedient about? More I think vehicle reg- registration is something up. different. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, and if you like the show and help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is you send us 3 bucks a month. We take that money and reinvest it into the the show, getting on more radio stations, bringing more internet listeners on board, and spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. You become an amplifier and get perks, too, like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Fortune Small Business Magazine calls incorporating one of your first moves to protect yourself from creditors and lawsuits. And it can save you on taxes. LegalZoom.com, can, uh, you can do incorporation or all kinds of legal things like patents, wills, trademarks. It's fast and easy. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com, code FTL. 800-259-9231. All right, so let me see if I got this straight, Mark, before we dive into this story about Detroit and the bicycle registrations. You're saying you don't think government driver's licenses are a good thing to protest you, this is not the issue you would pick because you think it can be, you know, be, you can be made look crazy. But what about government registrations? You're saying that you should the be able to The sticker on the back that? of the car that uh, renews the numbers that you have on the plate, that registration? I guess that's what the registration is. Yeah, and you get the slip that you keep in the glove compartment. Yeah, like I, I, to me, that uh, I, I don't think that the uh, defense of that from a legal, from a uh, you know government standpoint is nearly as firm as a driver's license. So I would you see... join a protest and not register your vehicle? No. No. Okay, so it's not really that great of an idea then. Yeah, well, it's it, not. It's not big enough better for to, me. Better to keep on going along. And I'm get stuck, along, right? man. Um, yeah. I, I can't do it. Look, my car doesn't belong to me. Oh, is it the bank owns your car? No, my wife owns my car. Oh, you are stuck then. Let me get to the story from Detroit here, Detroit, or DebtNews.com. Evelyn Rourke worries about her 11-year-old grandson, Freddie Burst, as he rides his bicycle in southwestern Detroit. But it's not gangs or speeding cars that have her fretting. It's the police. The Detroit Police Department announced plans this week to step up enforcement of a 1964 ordinance requiring bicycles to be registered. Officers will begin handing out $55 fines for unregistered bikes as of August 7th. This is just because Detroit is going broke. This is, I mean, you know, Michigan, the entire state is going broke, but Detroit's in the worst of it. Um, You know, it's leading the charge down the hill. What do you mean it's because Detroit's going... They're just trying to keep people safe, Mark. What does bike registration have to do with keeping people well, safe? Well, we'll find out here. According to uh, the police... Nonsense. According to Evelyn, she says, Why are the police worrying about something like this? Are they going to start giving tickets to little kids? Detroit police spokes bureaucrat insisted the reason for enforcing the obscure ordinance is not to fine bicyclists. He says, we're trying to get people to register their bikes. We've got hundreds of bikes piled up with no way of knowing who they belong to. The idea isn't to start handing out tickets to little kids on tricycles. So why levy the fine? Other metro Detroit communities, including uh, Birmingham and Ferndale, have optional bicycle registrations, although they don't penalize those who don't register their bikes. 
Tate said, we're supposed to enforce the ordinances that are on the books. That's his excuse to why they're handing Always out the Always is. Just doing my job, ma'am. Now, the city says it's offering registration at its eight police districts for just $1. Tate also said that Detroit police officers have always handed out tickets to unregistered bicyclists, although he said he doesn't have statistics available. <laughs> the city's decision is a public relations nightmare, said a clinical psychologist who often rides into Detroit with more than 50 of his friends from bicycling clubs. He says if they start enforcing this, it would dissuade us from wanting to come into the city. This can't be a good thing for Detroit. We come into the city and spend money. We also help people get over their fears of the city. If people see we aren't afraid to ride our bikes into Detroit, maybe they won't be afraid to drive their cars into Detroit. Todd Scott, a Greenways coordinator, says that Detroit's a mecca for suburban bicyclists. He says it's my favorite place to ride. It'd be a shame if they start enforcing this ordinance and people stop riding their bikes in the city. Because here's one of the here's one of the things about this is this ordinance gives the cops an excuse to stop anybody on a bicycle, right? Oh well, we're just stopping you to check, and make sure you got a registration, and uh, maybe pat you down, see if you got any drugs on you as well. So who knows where else? Boy, you're the, a seedy looking character, right, aren't you? Right. Um, the other thing I was thinking about car registration while you're off is Ian. Um, they uh, here in New Hampshire, the free state. They um, not yet. They have uh, mandatory vehicle inspections. Right. You know, in Another reason not to register yeah, up here in Sarasota, Florida. They didn't have uh, mandatory vehicle inspections, and it's probably the reason they had all the Mercedes Benz and Lexuses breaking down on the side of the road. Oh wait, no, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. Um, and you know, people drove better, drove really just better cars in in Sarasota. And I don't know if it's because of the uh, mandatory vehicle inspection that uh, we don't have but the, totally because a bunch of retirees they turn every mechanic into a an enforcer of the right. law because the mechanic checks to see whether you have your registration or not right and if so not, you will they get not the get a vehicle car. inspection unless you get a register unless you are registered all the more reason to not register what? No, you see, here's the problem with the vehicle inspection. The vehicle inspection is perpetrated on the, uh, the, the premise that your vehicle is safe. If you don't have the sticker, like I would be more likely to do the protest of not registering my vehicle if I could have a vehicle, regist- a vehicle inspection sticker that says, look, my vehicle's just as safe as anybody else's. Huh. Yeah, I don't have any of that, and my vehicle's plenty safe. Like, I've been driving around for two years now up here in New Hampshire without... Uh, and you know, using the term vehicle, I don't. I think they want us to use that term. That's more of a legal term. My car, my car is safe. Yeah, but I, I have a car and a truck. Yeah. Sometimes I get confused as to which one we're talking about. So Auto. that vehicle is my automobile. All right, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm clearly safe. I go and I have the oil changed and I have it checked out on a periodic basis. I don't need a sticker to show that that I'm safe. The fact that I'm driving safely on the road should be about enough. It's, I agree it's with enough you that, down in Florida. that it's silly. I agree with that. But if one does these things, one should be above contempt, above uh, reproach. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Sure. So you should have a New Hampshire plate that says, look, I'm a New Hampshireite. And nope, not going to do it. You should have a vehicle inspection sticker that says, look, my vehicle is as good as anybody else's on the road. I'm just not paying to renew this number on the back of my car. How about I have a private Shire plate 
and I could carry around my last receipt from a, uh, a, a visit to the, garage, the, the car garage. You can do whatever that. you want to do, Ian, yeah. and I'll come to the court date. And you know Great. what? Appreciate I'll that. bake you a cake with a file in it, too. Attorney Michael Salaney, who represents the city of Birmingham, said Detroit will have a hard time enforcing the ordinance. He says there's a state law which allows cities to require the registration of bicycles, but states that such enforcement shall not be enforceable until signs giving notice of the local traffic regulations are posted upon or at the entrance to the highway or street. I don't even understand all that. Anyway, he says adhering to the state law would be unfeasible. In Detroit, it would be a daunting task to post signs on every street where the ordinance is enforced, he said. According to uh, Freddie's, I guess one of the mothers of the kids, uh, plans to register his bike before the deadline, but wondered about police priorities. She says, I've had two cars stolen in the past five years, <laughs> and I've never even gotten a phone call back from the cops. That's how it goes, man. <laughs> You know, it's all about this. They say it's not about revenue, revenue generation. It's all about that fifty-five dollar fine. Mm-hmm. It's all about it. They're just they just don't have enough for their cops to do. They, you know, and they need to have the opportunity to give you a ticket for fifty-five dollars. Look, there's all these people riding around on with two wheels, and we need to get be able to give them tickets too. So, would you say that this is an appropriate issue to you know be civilly disobedient on? Oh, I wouldn't register my bicycle. Okay. As a matter of fact, in Keene, your bicycle is supposed to be registered. Is that right? That's correct. Huh. Well, uh, Lieutenant Maxfield did not arrest me when I was within his uh, purview recently, and that's I was on they, my bike. That's because they do what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now, what you needed to do is walk up to him and say, Mr. Maxfield, my I'm turning myself in. <laughs> my bike is not registered. What are you going to do about it? You're a law enforcement officer. You better get up there and do something about it, Pally. Yeah. All right, so uh, 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I just wanted to see, you know, if you were all right with that. You know, would it it be okay in Mark's mind to be uh, non-cooperative on the issue of bicycle registrations? And you say yes. Yes, we should have massive amounts of people not registering their bikes and riding them willy-nilly. Well, the reason that people... (laughs) The reason that people want driver's licenses because a car is a 2,000-pound death machine. Mm-hmm. They understand that motor vehicles cause a great deal of deaths in the United States, and they want people that are qualified to drive them in them. Bicycles don't cause nearly the amount of deaths, nor do horses and those kind of things. So you don't need a driver's license to operate these ve- those, those conveyances. That's why. Uh, There's more stories here in the news, but I don't think we're going to have time to get to them tonight, including a story that, again, I don't think we'll get get a chance to get into it, but a couple of brothers have been defending their 55-acre compound out in California from the fires. One of them set a backfire to protect their property, and this was after after he disobeyed orders to stop from setting the, uh, the fire. They did end up protecting their property, and they, fu- they fought fire with fire, but he did end up being arrested for it, for protecting his own property. Mm. Anyway, it's been Ian here it's with crazy. you. And Mark. We'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime. Maybe we'll get into more of that story, or maybe something completely different, because it's up to you to take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Uh, see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. 
finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop, so I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.